The Tower, Episode 32, Titans TV Show, Season 2, Episode 4. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. For anyone listening for the first time, this is my Tower podcast, focusing on the 1980s DC comic series, New Teen Titans, by Marv Wolfman, George Perez, and company. This podcast began in 2009, and it is definitely an on-again, off-again podcast in its schedule. (laughs) As you can probably tell, since this is only episode 32. Of that New Teen Titans series, I've only covered the first nine issues. I tend to bounce back and forth between issues and other DCU appearances of the Titans from that era, such as Robin backup stories in Batman or Detective. I'm also including discussions on other Titans-related properties, such as appearances of the Omega Men. So between those tangents and my schedule... It's slow going, to say the least. Then in October of 2018, there was a new live-action Titans TV series that launched the DC Universe streaming app. And since then, this Tower podcast has shifted its focus to covering episodes of that live-action series. Season 1 was 11 episodes, And then season two, which began in September of 2019, um, would run for 13 episodes. But I've only covered the first three. I was covering those three episodes as the second season was being released. But then, once again, I just succumbed to, you know, scheduling issues. So after all of that explanation, I am back again to finish season two, picking up where I left off with episode four entitled Aqualad. I have not seen any other episode. I'm recording this in May 2020, season two wrapped up at the end of 2019. So what you're getting here is is, uh, a podcast on my reactions and just some quick thoughts on episode four without any knowledge of what is to come in the rest of this season. So if you are listening and you've already seen season two, You're going to know when I'm wrong in my speculations or my thoughts. You're going to know when I'm right. Uh, Mostly, I I just really want to keep talking about these episodes as if we're all watching at the same time. So that way, if there's anyone out there that is late to the series or behind, like I am, uh, and they want to do an episode, episode, episode by episode watch of the series and then listening, listen to this podcast, they don't get spoiled for anything that happens in later chapters. So... With all that being said, let's get to it. Quick thoughts, random ideas. I don't spend a lot of time examining examining this TV show. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I'm really on the fence in my overall enjoyment of what I've been watching. And sometimes these podcasts can be a little choppy because of that. But frankly, unlike the comics, unlike New Teen Titans by Wolfman, Perez, and company, 
I don't get much value in digging too deeply here with this TV show. So I like that um, I can bring some of my experience with the larger Titans universe to these episodes, but really they are carving their own little uh, continuity and their own little bit of history. And some of it I like and some of it I don't like. So here we go. Episode four, Aqualad from September of 2019. This whole episode takes place five years ago in the Titans TV show continuity. So we open up with Death, Deathstroke, who we've been uh, talking about for the first three episodes, and we've seen. Uh, he's on a case. It's basically a way to show him in action, quote-unquote. Um, he's a mercenary, but in this opening sequence, he's acting really like a sniper, and not uh, not a very honorable mercenary, because his last victim, he stabs him through the back. It's all very sneaky. And I was trying to relate that to the comic series, and if that made sense, um, that Deathstroke would do things from afar, but something about it didn't sit with me. I don't know if it was the chipper, jazzy music that went against all of this execution in this opening sequence, but here we are. It's a new Deathstroke for yet another DC series, this time played by Isad Morales. Um, you know, if you know Deathstroke from the Arrow TV show or some of the DC animated movies or his little appearance in Justice League, in the Justice League movie, uh, video games and elsewhere, um, I kind of feel like, I, I feel like this is a character that obviously makes sense with the Titans universe. Duh, right? I mean, he was in issue two of the New Teen Titans series. I get it. But the problem is he's been used so much in the larger DC um, other media that I feel like he's now become too generic. I wish they would, between him and Darkseid, I wish they would find a new big bad um, somewhere along the way and stop always going to Deathstroke. But anyway, it is a Titan show, so we have to have him. Uh, he's on a new case. He's in San Francisco, um, which leads him to his uh, partner in crime. And uh, this guy, I don't know if this character's name is going to be Wintergreen or not, but he says, uh, here's a new case. It's an unusual one, which brings us somewhere else in San Francisco, I, I assume, to Jericho, the first appearance of Jericho, a Titans character in the Titans TV series, series played by Chella Mann, who is deaf in real life. Uh, Jericho is not named in this scene just yet. Uh, he's cooking for his mother who's coming home from work and the mother is trying to reinforce that they have to be on their guard because what we've seen is that Deathstroke has been watching them uh, from a car outside their window. We do see a scar on Jericho's neck, which is part of his um, origin story of how he became mute, at least in the comics. Um, Chalaman is a little bit overeager, a little bit, uh, youthful in this intro, which kind of works, kind of doesn't work. Um, it's a new take on the character, but, uh, you know, as, as all things Titans TV show, anytime we see the first appearance of an actor in a role that I may know intimately well, um, from reading about them for, you know, decades, uh, they're never going to come across strong right away. So 
Uh, as I said, Deathstroke is watching them, keeping tabs on them. Clearly, there's some connection there that I assume we're going to learn later. I mean, I know what the connection is, but just in case you don't. All right, so then later in the episode, we get to see the Titans in their prime. Robin, Hawk and Dove, Wonder Girl, and Aqualad. Uh, this is, again, remember, five years ago. So this is the team as teens or maybe early 20s. Uh, I believe in this continuity, they some of them knew each other when they were younger, such as Aqualad and Wonder Girl and Robin, and then other ones they might have met when they were a little bit older. And then when you jump to the present time, they obviously are somewhere in their mid-20s, I assume. So we get to see the team. They're stopping a carjacking, which seems like overkill. All these, I don't even know how they got to the streets. Like, are they patrolling? Is Why are all five of them together? Um, it reminded me of a Marvel Comics uh, What If Annual, where uh, it was a humor issue. And it was something like, what if all the Avengers stayed on the team throughout their history? And there was some small crime and about 30 Avengers showed up to stop it. And that's exactly what this felt like. It just felt ridiculous. Now, as the episode was entitled, we get to see Aqualad, this new version of Aqualad. He is very white. He is very blonde. He has powers that are a mix of the Brightest Day version in, in DC Comics or the Young Justice animated version. His costume is kind of a hint of all of that, but it's even a throwback in some ways to the costume that Aqualad in the comics wore during the Titans Hunt storyline, which was like um, late, 80s, late 80s, early 90s. So, yeah, he's he's a mishmash, and um, I'm not feeling this character at all, or the actor playing him. Um, there's a flirtation between Donna and Garth. I'm also not for that either, um, but whatever. Then they go to a birthday party. We did see visions of this birthday party in last episode as a flashback. He is 22, so there you go, they are. You know, some of them are in their early 20s. At this point in Titans history, Dick is with Dove, Hawk is single, Wonder Girl and Donna are, uh, Wonder Girl and, and Aqualad are just flirting with each other. And uh, it's in a lot of these scenes in the San Francisco headquarters where the present Titans are currently taking place that the episode just continues to kind of fall apart in some of the dialogue and some of the back and forth. I, I just, not a fan, not a fan. We, we learn that Donna wants to return to Themyscira. She visits uh, a character. We don't get a name yet. We don't get any kind of history. I have to assume it's an Amazon at this point, somewhere in a museum um, in the city. And Apparently, Donna was granted some time to stay with the Titans, but she has some kind of destiny that she has to fulfill. And because of this relationship thing that is happening with Garth, she wants to leave. And it did make me think, where did this whole museum connection begin with Wonder Woman? Now, I know this is Wonder Girl, but I was trying to think of the old Perez Wonder Woman series from the mid-80s. I don't remember if the character of Vanessa, I thought she was a professor of history. Um, and then there was the Sandsmark 
family with during the John Byrne run, which I, I can't remember if she was an archaeologist. I know with the Justice League movie and Wonder Woman, um, there was some, I liked that they gave Wonder Woman, uh, Diana, uh, a job as some kind of like restorer of museum artifacts or something like that. So I kind of dug that. So it, it's obviously carry, carrying over here. I just can't remember where it all kind of kicked off. Again, uh, I wrote here, dialogue terrible, generic, standard. Hawk has awful lines. He's super bro-y. Uh, it feels like this is just copy-paste from like a teen drama show or a procedural show. Um, not liking it at all. Then there's uh, a suit-up. They all suit up into their superhero costumes. It reminded me of Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, which isn't good. And they go after Dr. Light. Now, we met Dr. Light last episode, but in this sequence, which is, again, five years ago, uh, I have to assume that this is the case that put Dr. Light in jail, which is where he, we saw him last episode. And it's, uh, I guess, the reason why he wants revenge on the Titans for putting him in jail. So we get to see the beginnings of his uh, vengeance and his revenge. Um, and if this is the incident, uh, it seems kind of uh, weak. Um, maybe there's another one down the road, uh, but he's robbing banks and he's got some, you know, Dr. Light technology and they're going to go after him. Some of that sequence wasn't too bad. Some of the fight stuff, um, it wasn't great, but it was, wasn't bad. Uh, there was like a short moment where there was a lot of teamwork going on, which was kind of nice. But uh, I feel like they only ha have so much in their budget and training to make these five characters really stand out. And again, some of it does seem like overkill, but uh, what are you going to do? So eventually Donna and Garth hook up, but it's really just kind of like a one last moment kind of thing for her because she leaves, Dick watches her go, and then Dick has to be the one to break it to Garth that she's leaving because he's so stupid that he doesn't know what's going on with her because he's so in love, I guess. Um, we go to an airport. Donna is with this Amazon character. Her name is Jillian. And of course, Garth arrives by just walking in from off camera as if they couldn't see him in this huge airfield as they were walking to the plane. He just randomly walks right to them. It's kind of weird. Again, she's talking about her destiny. I don't know what her destiny is. If, is, it, is it Garth? Is it something from the Amazons? Is it Themyscira? Is it her as Wonder Girl? Her taking over as Wonder Woman? Who knows? So she decides to stay. She's hugging him, kissing him. I think she decides to stay. And we hear a gunfire. We hear a gunshot. And Garth turns around, and he's shot and killed, I, I assume. I mean, he's fast enough to hear the sound and turn around, but yet still get shot. Uh, and it is Deathstroke, which you have to assume this is the new case, the strange case that he's working on, whether it's to kill, whether it's to kill Aqualad or because there's a second shot. It either meant, I guess it meant that he was going after Donna? or all the Titans. I'm not sure at this point. I think we find out by the end of the season. But um, Jillian deflects the second shot. She's clearly got some Amazon training, or she is an Amazon. And then Deathstroke leaves. And I thought that was kind of weird. I thought, okay, you, you, did, you killed one character, you shot at another character, 
aren't you going to stay? Try to finish it off? Again, if you connect it back to that opening sequence where he's not in a confrontational mood, everything seems to be done by sniper. I don't know. That just doesn't feel right. So everyone's pissed. The Titans are pissed. Donna's pissed. They all have vengeance, right? Um, Hawk says to Donna, don't blame yourself. We all know what this is about. I, I, I assume we do, unless... Uh, I don't know if that's a throwaway line or if that's something we will see later. Like, do they have some knowledge of why they would be targeted? So I just took note of that dialogue. They learn about Deathstroke... They all, as I said, have vengeance on their minds. Um, Dove says to Dick, you know, be Batman. She said earlier in the episode that she doesn't want him to be Batman. She doesn't want him to go down that path. But right now, she needs him to do everything that Batman would do to find out what it is that just happened, uh, why Aqualad was killed, what can they learn about Deathstroke, etc. So one week, one week later, again, we're still five years later, we see Jericho at a record store. And it's kind of weird that his name is Jericho. I hope that his name becomes Joseph. Maybe it's Jericho is just a name. Um, I guess that's part of this whole TV show, right? Like, they can only go so far into the superheroics, you know. So go go ahead and just name him Jericho so he doesn't have to take a code name later. I don't know. Uh, so at the record store, Dick meets Jericho. And they're talking about records and, you know, hard-to-find records, blah, blah, blah. Dick is obviously trying to become his friend, and then you get one scene of Dick looking at him, and you realize, okay, this is him being Batman. He just found out something about Deathstroke, and he's got some revenge on his mind. Or, as the outro, outro music <laughs> suggests, as they play James Brown the payback, he's got payback on his mind. Oh, that was a weird ending. And that's where the episode ends. I don't know if they carry this over onto the next episode. I want to say what I heard is we're not going to get back to the storyline until maybe an episode or two later. We're going to go back to the present, I think. But uh, yeah, you know, for an episode where we get to actually flash back and see the main Titans in action, learn a little bit about their history with Destro. We get to see Death Deathstroke um, in this new Titans universe. It's all okay. Uh, I didn't hate the episode, but I wasn't a big fan of the dialogue and, and the way the whole Aqualad thing happened and the, the romance with Donna. Nah, nah, I wasn't a fan. All right, so there you are. We're back. Uh, I'll pick up again with um, Titans Season 2, Episode 5, next podcast. In the meantime, you can email me, peter at thedailyrios.com, or visit the website, thedailyrios.com, where you can find other podcasts such as The Legion Project and uh, some appearances on DC All-Stars podcast. Follow my Twitter, Peter J. Rios. Follow the Daily Rios Instagram. Let me know what you think of this episode, of future Titans episodes, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>